Hello, peoples, and welcome to Esoterica Cinema, the podcast where we take films from the cinematic multiverse and discuss the hell out of them. My name is Jason Peters, and I am here with you today with another five-minute movie review. That's right, we have decided to come up with some short-form, spoiler-free reviews for you. Not everything needs to be an epic 90-minute conversation over here. Uh, It's going to be pretty difficult for me and Ryan to rein ourselves in, but we're going to sure as hell try. Today's movie, we are looking at Licorice Pizza. That's right. Licorice Pizza is the story of Alana Kane and Gary Valentine growing up, running around, and falling in love in the San Fernando Valley, 1973. Shout out to the San Fernando Valley, the best valley in Los Angeles. Written and directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, the film tracks the treacherous navigation of first love and if that description seems a little light it's because this is really not a plot driven film at all it is entirely character driven and we're gonna go into why that works for the film and what why that also works against the film now let me just start off by saying i enjoyed the film very much but do not find it to be among paul thomas anderson's best which would have to be either of the big three of magnolia boogie nights and there will be blood I was not really a fan of The Master, and I have not yet seen Phantom Thread, but do love those first, you know, four or five films that he made uh, right up through then. Now, it's interesting because part of the experience of watching this film is to realize that it's a it's a movie where things happen very much by the seat of their pants, you know, or or not at all as well. And but at the same time, that's very reflective of the arc of our main characters, which are Gary, played by Cooper Hoffman, son to the late Philip Seymour Hoffman, and Alana Haim, who is one of the three Haim sisters in the band Haim, which I honestly had no idea was a thing until before this film when I was reading about it and them. So both of them are very good. Uh, Alana's very likable. Gary is mostly likable, though there are some very dislikable things about him as well which is another interesting thing about the film. You know, a film like this, you kind of go into it thinking like, oh, I'm just going to be watching these two kids fall in love. And that's kind of it. But at the same time, Gary kind of acts like an adult. Like he doesn't, it starts off in school and then he's never at school again. And he's basically an actor, but he's also got all these fly by the seat of his pants business ideas that he's constantly trying to do. So, you know, he's open, if he's not open at a mattress store, it's a pinball company and all these different things. And he's kind of a hustler and a grifter. And it's interesting the way that he goes from being sort of sympathetic, lovable loser, the way that, you know, like the characters his dad used to play, to being somewhat manipulative and kind of disagreeable, almost like the role his father played in PTA's own Punch Drunk Love, where he was the sort of crooked mattress salesman. I had wondered... Literally, part of me wondered if it, if that wasn't his character as a child. I, I don't know if there's any sort of relationship to that, but I could definitely see because, again, this guy is a bit of a grifter and he's not above taking advantage of people. Now, it's also kind of interesting because I do think that the film does a good job of reminding us of the sort of awkwardness of young love and how hot and cold it runs, right? Like there are scenes where he hasn't even really talked to Alana, but sees her talking to someone else and just in his own head gets very jealous and all of a sudden like isn't into her anymore, you know? And I forget that when we're younger, you know, you can totally do things like that where it's like, there's no logical reason that this person should even know that you're into him. You've never expressed as much. You never even talked to them, but you like expect them to and then kind of flip out when they don't see those things. It's a very, very weird time, and I'm so glad that that is well behind me and in my rearview mirror, man. I do not 
Do not envy these kids in the adolescence uh, at all. Now, there are a couple other characters that show up, and the other interesting thing about them is that they're entirely unnecessary as far as I'm concerned. So we've got Benny Softy, who plays a mayoral candidate, governor candidate, either way. I believe he's running for mayor of Los Angeles, something like that. And then you've got Bradley Cooper's character, who is a guy, John Peters, who I guess was married to Barbara Streisand and seemed kind of coked out, but like they didn't really go into that in the film. He was just kind of crazy. Um, and then you've also got this character played by Tom Waits, who he's a director. None of the three of them storylines have anything to do with Gary's or Alana's. And they just sort of seem put in there because, well, they needed more content or something. I really don't know why they're in there. You could take out their story. And even if it was just a comic relief, like I assume that Bradley Cooper's character was going to be this you know, crazy loud comic relief guy. And even if it doesn't add a lot to the story, which, again, it's in, in and of itself is already threadbare to begin with, that he would at least bring some much needed, you know, life and comedy and I did not find that at all. Again, I would have been quite all right with his sequence being completely removed from the film. And I don't think the film would have suffered at all either. And you can say the same thing about Benny. Oh, I also just forgot until right now that Sean Penn is in this film. That's how forgettable his character is. Yeah, he plays an actor, some sort of actor. Don't know why he's there. So it's kind of interesting that we had so many unnecessary characters. And they all show up in the second hour of the film. And that's, unfortunately, I do feel like it's a bloated film. I think that a lot of late stage Paul Thomas Anderson and and it does it is interesting because it does stay very focused in terms of being pretty much Gary and Alana's story. Whereas, you know, those first couple films of his Boogie Nights and Magnolia in particular were these big sprawling character, you know, epics with uh, tons, you know, six to eight characters all given close to the same amount of screen time. So this is really just a small, focused film. But that being said, it does run long and it's bloated. And I feel like for a two-hour film, they could have cut half an hour and it would have been a much leaner, meaner, stronger version of this story. As it stands, it is good. It just languishes a bit too much in its own sensibilities for my liking. Maybe a little bit too self-indulgent. But, you know, again, still very much worth seeing. I'm going to go with my three adjectives being honest. It's honest filmmaking. It takes an honest look at relationships. It's vintage. You know, you can sort of feel the 70s and it's wayward, right? Because it doesn't necessarily know where it wants to go, especially in that second half of the story. All of that amounting to four out of five stars for licorice pizza from your boy Jason here. So do go see it. Definitely recommend it. Might want to bring those expectations down a little bit just because I know everybody is thinking it's going to be a five plus star film. I didn't quite find it to be that, but I did enjoy it very much. Hopefully you guys do too. We'll see you next time on Esoterica Cinema.